nerds, you're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash thenerdcore. We have tiers as low as $1 per month. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode! Welcome back to the Nerdcore Podcast, the podcast reviews the movies and talks that nerd shit. This is episode 461, and as always, it is another day in the week on the Monday here. As always, it's the nerd you're going to hear the whole show. I'm going to my wonderful co-host, Young Yoda. What's up, sup, everybody? 461. 461, Brad. It's wild, dude. <laughs> it's really wild. We're almost to 500. Yeah. We're getting there. That's yeah. Um. Yeah, that that that's I don't know if that's cool or scary. We have a lot of hands. A lot of time. How you doing, Aiden? How you doing? What's going on, Aiden? He has arrived for arrival. I get it. He has arrived for arrival. <laughs> but um uh but of course today we conclude our month looking at the films of Denis Villeneuve as we look at his 2016 film Arrival. But before we get into any of that stuff, Brad, how are you doing, bro? Doing all right. Doing all right. I didn't do much. Just watched this movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was that was about it. I wonder how this would have looked on that big ass TV of yours. I don't have a big ass TV. I have a big ass monitor. I want my t- my TV is only like fifty five inches. It's pretty old. That's still good, bro. I mean, it's good, but it's not like it's not like these monstrosities out now like 70 okay man inches. chill out and nobody needs an 88 inch TV. exactly nobody needs that then again i don't need a fucking 43 inch monitor so. mm. the yeah. shit you just don't need yeah I, I mean like look there's only one reason i would grab an 80 inch or like a 90 inch tv is like if i have a freaking theater system at home but if you, you do know, that my, couldn't you just home- get a projector yeah, but also like you know, if you have your own like home theater system in your own room, you yeah, know, if your own theater room, like you know, I- I'm talking about like you know, like what's it called those MTV cribs, you know, type of theater rooms they got in there. You know, they oh, got oh, ass. oh, those the those that are rich, 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 rich. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get one of those with what's it called. But um, in the chat, the arrival of the final Jedi. What's up, man? Um, but yeah, man. Uh, but I, I thought you said you had like you have a fifty-five. It's a four K TV, right? Yes. Yeah, that yeah. shit must have looked clean, bro. But it's like it did. It does. But it's like my TV's gotta be at least two or three years old now. Uh, my this TV I have right here is a uh, like just as old. It still still looks really yeah. good. And the only reason I got this TV is because my other one got struck by lightning. Exactly. Yeah, that's the whole joke behind that one. Like the, yeah. like the only time I really upgrade other when, than when uh, Roll leaves the country is uh, when my shit gets struck by lightning. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, uh, I've been having an all right day as well. Um, I finished watching my movie for Cinema Condition that I'm going to be doing tomorrow. And then uh, watched this film as well and just, you know, did stuff around the house. Uh, you know, take care of dogs, you know, all that wonderful stuff. Uh, I got my uh, copy of Voice of the Moon in, let's go, Fellini. Yep. So now I literally am just waiting for Uncut Gems. That I wait, that wait, was actually so that, the, that Fellini box set didn't have everything. No, it's only the films that 
Criterion has the rights to. Gotcha. So it has 14 movies from him. But this is this is his last movie, Brad. This is his last movie he made. Hmm. You know, 1990. Yeah, it's the last oh, one wow. he made before he died. It's called um, Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah. I think Kurosawa died in like 99. I, think. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. But um, yeah, so Arrow has two of Fellini's movies. Kino Lorber has one of them. And then this odd like distributor that only distributes like Italian movies has one of them. And then I don't know where the fuck City of Women is at. Rights. They're like, ooh, that's for sale. <laughs> yeah. It, rights are such bullshit and weird things. And it's like, I just wish. Studio, especially if you go through a studio, then the studio can just sell it right from under you, right? Yep, pretty much. You don't even have, you don't even have to or have not say. sell it. Or just hold mm-hmm. on to it forever and do nothing with it. Yeah. At least when it comes to Criterion, they ask the directors for approval on like doing the restorations and stuff. I don't know how any other what's it called distributor works, but uh, alas, uh, that's been my day, and I'm gonna f- try to finish Julian of the Spirits tonight. Uh, that's my next one on the Fellini box set. But I also got to sit down and finally start uh, making some of these YouTube videos of these uh, movies because I'm not doing it, and uh, I need to get on it. But um, excuse me, yeah, um, this is the last pick, and I also noticed. Today we should be telling you all about the picks for next month. But, of course, time is an illusion. And I forget sometimes. Uh, so I think we're going to do that tomorrow at the top of the, the commentary. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll tell you what our next month is top going morning, to be looking morning, at at the end. Morning. Morning, yeah. But uh, So did you finally pick up a copy of Fellini's Dune? I don't even want to know what Fellini's Dune would have looked like. Also, I think that Fellini probably didn't give a shit about Dune. I don't know. Fellini likes the circus way too much to care about Dune. I mean, Dune, <laughs> Dune. I don't know. Fellini probably could have done something with Dune. Probably not with. Ended up being with Dune, but you know. I just want to know why they cast Sting. Like, uh, gained that little bit of glimpse into that science fiction movie that Guido was making in Eight and a Half. I think of Fellini's Dune. Would have been a really weird ass movie, Brad. Like I'm talking, like really weird. Yep. But alas, we are here to talk about the movie Arrival. And of course, if you have not seen Arrival, then this is your chance to get out of here. If you care, if you don't, if you care about spoilers. But if you don't care about spoilers, or you've already seen the film, then you go ahead and keep staying here. Either way, how it goes, this is your one and only spoiler warning. And it is in effect in a five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Brad, tell us about Arrival. All right. Coming from our one and only source, Wikipedia. Arrival is a 2016 American science fiction drama film directed by Denis Villeneuve and adapted by Eric Heisserer, who conceived the project as a spec script based on the 1998 short film Story of Life by Ted Ching. The film stars Amy Adams as Louise Banks, a linguist enlisted by the United States Army to discover how to communicate with extraterrestrial aliens who have arrived on Earth before tensions lead to war. Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker, Michael Stuhlbarg, and Zima appear in supporting roles. 
Arrival had its world premiere at the Venice Film Festival on September 1st, 2016, and was released theatrically in the United States by Paramount Pictures in November 11, 2016. It grossed $203 million worldwide and received critical acclaim with particular praise for Adam's performance, Villeneuve's direction, and the exploration of communication with extraterrestrial intelligence. Considered one of the best films of 2016, Arrival appeared on numerous critics' year-end lists and was selected by the American Film Institute as one of 10 movies of the year. It received eight nominations at the 89th Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Adapted Screenplay, and one for Best Sound Editing. It also received Golden Globe nominations for Best Actress for Adams and Best Original Score for Johan Johansson, and was awarded the Ray Bradbury Award for Outstanding Dramatic Presentation and the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation in 2017. The score by Johansson was nominated for Best Score Soundtrack for Visual Media at the 60th Grammy Awards. Um, cinematography was by Bradford Young, edited by Joe Walker. It was distributed by Paramount Pictures, Sony Pictures, Stage 6 Films, and a budget $47 million, box office $203.4 million. Well, I'm telling you, after a certain period in Denise what's it called career he really starts to kind of like take the box office and he does start getting like you know some hits in there so uh i'm not surprised i'm not surprised Good i'm surprised play. this was a hit though like being sci-fi yeah because i look at blade runner 2049 you go what the like, fuck that has like this could have made i'm not knocking arrival but, but, i love arrival but, by but the way. blade runner yeah. they spent what 150 million on it mm-hmm. But I also feel like Blade Runner is also vastly different from Arrival. But still, like, it's still a great science fiction movie. And, like, if this awesome science fiction movie could have made that much money, then this way more awesome and grand epic science fiction movie could have should have made a lot more money, too. But I think, what's it called? It's also Blade Runner, Brad. I think we've grown to, what's it called, uh, except that, you know, the, the sequel to the movie that bombed and later became a cult classic was bound to bomb and is going to probably become a cult classic i mean it, it, it's kind of figuring um but generally that's sci-fi's generally sci-fi's sci-fi's are very difficult <laughs> to make money at the box office that is why you always go with horror because you can make horror for two million dollars and then make at least 20 million on it every time of course, you know, unless you're Christopher Nolan or you're fucking Denis or, you know. Yeah, like, I am surprised this only cost $47 million because yeah. there were a lot of shit in this. <laughs> yeah, not too, like, special effects heavy. You no, know? not too. I mean, the, the spaceships did look like a remote, so I don't know. <laughs> I want to know how they did that because, I, I mean, of course, you do know that Denis doesn't like visual effects, like, what's it called? CGI. Denis doesn't like CGI. So I want to know. I how don't. I don't, I, did that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have but, a Christopher um, Nolan budget actually building the damn thing, actual mm-hmm. spaceships and getting actual aliens. And can I just say those aliens look like the Simpson aliens? I don't remember what the Simpson aliens okay, I'm gonna, look I'm like. Okay, to pull this up. All right. Well, um, I guess I'll give you time while I'm able to what's it called? Uh, give my thoughts. Um, so I watched this movie once in theaters, and I'll say that in theaters. This was one of my favorite experiences in the theaters. Um, and watching it on my little monitor here, 
um, really reminded me why I kind of loved watching this movie in theaters because I think that the theater, the big ass screen plus those like, you know, the screen, the color and stuff really helps watch this movie because I was watching this movie on my monitor. I'm like, oh, this cinematography is like really fucking dark. Like we really could have used some light in here. But of course, Bradford Young loves his like very natural light that he makes in his movies. But uh, yes, okay, now I remember what you're talking about. Right? But, uh, yeah, I love this movie. This movie is expertly crafted by Denis, and it's a really interesting science fiction film that you know I had never seen anything like this at the time in 2016 when I watched this film. Um, mostly something that can you know concentrate on linguistics and science fiction. Of course, you know. Um, Babel kind of has the same idea of like what what connects us and that's mm-hmm. like something like language is so different but all of our experiences are kind of the same and um I was you know that's something but it, for science fiction this made made something that was like oh man this is really good and I was like I, I had never seen anything like this and it really introduced me into what Denis could do in his work because before this I had only seen Sicard- Sicario by the way you know because I watched Sicario the year it came out for this, I only knew Denis for making Sicario. So then when he makes this, I'm like, oh shit, you know, this mm-hmm. guy's fucking versatile as hell. And then of course the next year he would make um Blade Runner 2049, I believe. And I'm and that's when I'm just like, you know, like, wow, this guy mm-hmm. is nuts, you know. But um, Brad, what did you think of Arrival? Um I kind of have the same issues with you at the beginning of this movie. I couldn't see the damn thing. Um yeah. I thought I was watching Doom again um well like it was dark it wasn't that bad but it was still bad like i could not my eyes would not adjust to the cinematography in this in the beginning um but amy adams puts on her performance i give her that um she does great in this she's amazing um i gotta say jeremy renner and forrest whitaker you literally could have thrown them out of the movie and it would not have mattered I wouldn't have given a shit. Yeah, it would not I, have mattered. Amy's, this was Amy's fucking movie. Yeah, this was Amy's movie. Like the other, the other people in that, you could literally have replaced them all with dogs. Been same thing. <laughs> um, Kylie says, "An amazing movie. This was my favorite movie. This was my movie of the year when it came out. Nice." Um, and Kylie says that our arrival was amazing in theaters. At home, not so much. Exactly. I think that it definitely helps when I watched it in theaters to be able to see it all. But um. Of course, having known uh, Bradford Young's cinematography style, because it's kind of the same thing in, in Birds of Prey, because he, he, what's it called? He shot that movie too. There's mm-hmm. moments in Birds of Prey where I'm like, it's because he likes his like very natural lighting. But that's that's great and all, but I like to see the fucking movie. I know, but <laughs> also like it kind of helps out a bit. But when you say and, Doom, and bro, don't talk to me about natural lighting because I'm a fan of Kurosawa. Kurosawa that's all Kurosawa did the, was natural the Revenant. Lighting. Yeah, the revenue was all natural light, but like, yeah, um, I still say that the like the framing is fucking incredible, though. Oh yeah, framing is oh. incredible. I mean, I love like the whole the whole glass scenes with the light kind of emitting, and you just see that. Like, yeah, I mean, there are dope scenes in this. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but like the beginning of this movie, it's just like I can't fucking tell what's going on. Would have been but, nice to set up a light or two. <laughs> maybe, um. But yeah, I, I, you know, in the story, the story is cool, especially when you get to the part where you're like, oh, this is the prequel to all that shit she's been seeing, like the family life. 
And then you're kind of like, well, she's kind of old for... Never mind. <laughs> and I'll say this, Brad. Even though Jeremy Renner, Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker are pretty, what's it called, uh, forgettable in this movie, um, I still think that they give pretty good performances. Like I mean, fine they give performances. good performances. They give fine performances. But at the yeah. same time, you could literally stick any other actors in there and it wouldn't have fucking mattered. That's um, what I'm saying. This is an Amy Adams movie. Like... The other, the other shit oh, yeah. doesn't matter. Um, I, she's amazing I, in this, bro. But the 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 whole character development of um, like she she could see the future because the aliens or something to that effect, I guess. Um, but still choosing to have her kid even though her kid was gonna die at like yeah what 13, 14 or something twelve of like a rare disease. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, that's. I don't know if I I would be making the same decision on that, but well, I mean, it like it, it brings the question, man, because like, what's it called? That's when you kind of get to that climax and you look at all that, you're like, oh fuck, I kind of understand. Like, I mean, I don't understand well, Jeremy Renner's character like leaving, but like, I kind of understand like the fact that like because you knew all this time. I, and I can couldn't... I can explain why Jeremy Renner's character left. Is she fucking knew and she probably said she's known. She's known for this many years, and then just to tell him that, like right then, yeah. like yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Renner uh, was actually really good. The director deserves an Oscar for that. <laughs> for that Damn. alone, then he deserves the Oscar. Damn, whoa, whoa. I mean, bro, are we? Let's not kid ourselves, Brad. Jeremy Renner isn't that great of a, of a dad only in character. Hawkeye. For some yeah. reason, only in Hawkeye. And that's Kurosawa. probably because he doesn't talk too much. <laughs> What's it called? Yeah, Kurosawa with his natural light. Never even mentioned his use of CGI. He's actually adding more uh, jaw, Jawas in Seven Samurai. Different movie, Stacey. Different movie. Stop smoking the weed, man. Yeah, get off the fucking weed, dog. <laughs> uh, but I love the story in here. I love how, like, really, like, it's like a really grand, like, story in scope. But our movie is kind of really, like, small if we're being honest i mean it's focused on this one character who basically like saves the world you can say Mm -hmm. which is great like i i i I love that they were like we're just blacking out all this so we don't know what the fuck's going on with the other countries which still amazes me because you know russia and china would have popped off like probably right away in the non-fictional world of uh of arrival china and what's it called Uh, russia would have had them fucking and, and I'm going to be real honest, like, what's it called? Probably the United States as well. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. All three of them would have, all the superpowers would have had fucking nukes ready to launch at that motherfucker. Bro. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone would have taken time to try to, like, you know, understand, understand their language. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, I feel like this movie does that so well, where it's like, you know, are humans really ready for, like, extraterrestrial life? Or are we just going to, what's it called, uh, you know, what's it called? want to stick a bomb inside of their spaceship because we are getting grown. We're growing tired of not being able to understand what they're trying to say. When uh, everybody else is like trying their damn hardest to be able to do that. It's like, it's the problem of like, you know, pretty much like bureaucrat bureaucracy here. Like somebody like, you know, you're bringing in this person to like do this work while this other person has a higher, what's it called a word over the other person. So they can just stick that bomb in there. And it's like, so why you fuck bring Amy Adams 
into work if you're just going to stick yeah. that bomb in there. Well, and that wasn't so that was a rogue military operation because yeah. those dudes were too busy watching um Lush Himbla on the on their television. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's like there's other movies that kind of do this thing too like you know Akira very much is about like you know are ready are are humans ever going to be ready to confront di- the deities that they you know that they what's it called they um no. That they worship, you know, like if if hum if if humankind met God tomorrow, they would not be ready for to to do that. They wouldn't even know who he was. No yeah. one notice. They'd no. probably try to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> real here. Yeah. Um. I like the music as well. You know, Johan Johansson. It's a damn shame that I think this is actually Johan Johansson's last score. Uh. Uh. What's it called with Denis? Because I think he dies the next year. Or the, this yeah, it was, it was a very good score. Like it, it, yeah. it definitely had the cool sci-fi vibes to it. Oh, one hundred percent. At one point, I thought that I heard Christopher Nolan like in there. And I'm just like, no, nah, no, nah, come on, though. <laughs> <laughs> but like, stop it. it's it's really nuts, Brad. How you look at like his the trajectory of his career when he made this when he makes this right. Like you know, the year before that, he makes Sicario. What's it called? At, then he makes Arrival. And then when he, he makes Prisoners. Freaking... Prisoners was before all this. Yeah, right? 2013. So in 2013, he makes he he puts out both Prisoners and Enemy at the same time, Brad. Same year. Wow. Two years later, he makes Arrival. The year after that, he makes Blade Runner 2049. And then it takes him fucking four years to, to put out fucking Dune. Like the trajectory of his career is freaking a break. nuts. I, I do I do wonder had he not put out prisoners, would he have gotten this far? Because prisoners to me is just is just freakishly good. Like in in comparison to a lot of a lot of his films, prisoners to me stands out. Kylie thinks Nolan is overrated. I think I don't Nolan, disagree. I don't disagree, but I think Nolan is past his prime. I mean, you give me three hundred million dollars, I can make a movie too. <laughs> Well, Brad, I I think you'd look at that budget and be like, I don't even know what I want to do right now. I don't know. I want an airplane and I want to ram it into a building. Yeah, I think Nolan is past his prime. Uh, there was a moment that we consider Nolan to be the best working director right now, and what's it called, the best modern director that we had. And then uh, along came this man, and I truly believe that this man is made in the span of what's it called a. Uh, Prisoners was 2013 and up to Dune. That is what's it called? Uh, in nine years, he's able to make uh, what's it called better movies than like a, more than half of Nolan's filmography. I mean, I could I can name quite a few directors I'd rather watch than Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Del Toro. Oh, well, that's, I mean, let's go. That's that's Definitely. a no-brainer for me. Man. Come on. But like that are making some of these like grand like you know in scope films like this. Yeah, but um, I like the design of the aliens. I like the way that the, and I I love that scene. I'm sorry, I just, just when I saw him like it's the Simpsons. I know, dude. Like, <laughs> they I were love good that though. Scene I, I when like, she goes I like inside that. when she goes into the glass, and like you're actually seeing them and the way that they like what's it called like you know create. Well, these you're seeing things. one of them because the other one, of one got blown up. Yeah. Which, Poor Abbott. By the way, oh my God, how it took time for my eyes to adjust when they went up into the spaceship. And then you're like, oh no, I'm seen as horizontal. Yeah, yeah, because like they have to like jump. Did he yeah. jump or did he fall? Like 
Remember that one scene where like, are you okay? He jumped, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, because yeah, because yeah, they have to like jump into it. It's like this is so fucking weird. Like my <laughs> brain has to adjust the way I'm looking at the screen because I'm like, well, because you can't see shit except the square. You see the yeah. square line. That's it. Well, Brad, I mean, I, I, I could, I could, but I'm, you know, I could see. I have my like a monitor right here though, but like. Um, I still have to like readjust the brain because you're like outside, you see this thing that's vertical, but you go in and it's horizontal. And you're like, oh shit, let me readjust, let me readjust. What? And then they're upside down at one moment. You're like, what the fuck is the point of this? <laughs> I'm like, I am so very confused. My 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 brain is not ready <laughs> to process um moving the way that I see the dimensions in front of me. <laughs> Oh man, but um, I I think it is a big disservice that you know, Adam Amy Adams did not win for this because this this is really oh, she she made this movie. Let's be real here. Oh fuck yeah! Like everything oh. else was unimportant. Like Amy Adams, like Steals legit carried show, this bro. movie. Carried yeah. this movie. She's incredible in this. I mean, there are moments where I'm just like, holy crap, you are tugging at my heart. And like, and there's also moments like, wow, I can't believe she can make. Uh, make falling asleep look so freaking interesting. Like, I I think she's fucking incredible in this movie, man. And there's a it's a damn shame that this woman has yet to win, bro. Like, and she apparently speaks Mandarin. And that and she sounded great. Yeah, <laughs> speaking Mandarin. I mean. Like, I was, I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, who does that? We've Come heard on, so man. we've heard so many horrible accents, like. Of just Boston and New York accents, horrible accents that we're wondering, like, can anyone like act anymore? You had to bring in British people in order to do like American accents now. But yeah. yeah, Amy Adams like hit like she spoke Mandarin well. It's like pretty fucking good. Okay. Yeah. Uh Stacy says, come on, tenant two. <laughs> now with notations will be a blockbuster hit. Uh, uh but I don't I know about that one, boss. I don't know about that one, boss. <laughs> but I agree with you, Brad. I think that she spoke really great Mandarin in this movie. Um, but I, I love I love the what's it called production design as well. And I think that you know the sets are great, but let's be honest, this movie is really made by its performance by by uh by Amy Adams. And I think that if you didn't have that great of a performance of Amy Adams, this would be a movie. This would be like a really lower tier Denis be, movie to me. It'd be a mediocre. Yeah. It'd be like it, it'd be it, an I it'd be that, I. that that's how I feel about um like Nolan's Batman movies. Like yeah. I feel like the second and third one, those were carried by the villains. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you just have a great performance, and I think that that really kind of highlights the direction from Denis and what he's doing here. And yeah. it's like and that's I mean, her performance definitely carried this movie but then denis you have to give credit knee on that because he's the one directing it and then mm-hmm. again like you know the the look of it the scope of it it's good too yeah yeah so uh with that said uh i'm gonna go ahead and give um arrival a nice good old nine out of ten this is uh my second least favorite from uh, this is number seven out of the eight movies I watched. It's still a five star to me because I think it's fucking incredible and it's grand and like what it's trying to say and what it's like doing here. Uh, but um, 
this ain't no prisoners. This ain't no. like, you know, no Sicario, no, no, you know, this isn't even a Dune, bro. Because, like, no. I think this was all necessary. All these movies are, like, you know, that come before, like, not a Blade you know, Runner. Blade Runner, like, are all kind of necessary um, to where we are we are at right now with no, his career. I don't think you get the sci-fis he makes after this without, you know, yeah. making this sci-fi. Yeah. I'll give it a six point. I see what you did. Nice, there. nice, 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 Kylie. Nice, Brad. What are you going to go ahead and give a rival? I'm going to go and give a rival a solid seven and a half out of ten. Damn, Brad. Why seven and a half? Seven and a half is good. Oh, like yeah. it's good, but it's not like my favorite. Like I gave yeah. Prisoners a ten. I gave what I give. Um, what was the other one I fucking watched? Uh, um, we watched this month, Brad. We watched. Um, I chose Sicario. enemy, uh, enemy, Sicar- we had an enemy. Yeah, like, I like, I actually liked enemy more than this one because enemy has an yeah. eight out of 10. I believe I gave that one. I gave Sicario yeah. a nine or nine and yeah. a half out of, t- I gave a nine and a half out of 10. Yeah. I gave, um, prisoners, prisoners a 10, 10 out of 10. Cause yeah, that fucking movie's awesome. Yeah. Th- this one, this one doesn't live up to those. Like, oh yeah. No. No, now that I'm remembering what we've seen, yeah, uh, it it kind of evens it out pretty well. But what's it called? I think Brad and I are pretty much in the great in the in the in the ballpark. We're like anything above a seven is pretty good to us. Like you know, once I mean, you start getting to the sixes and the fives, you're like, Ooh. it's like like six is watchable, and then below that it gets less watchable until you get to about four, and you're like, please never make me watch this again, and then you get to like. Two and you're like, God, <laughs> not Venom again. Seven point five is good, but six point nine is better. Some say. <laughs> oh man, you know, Kylie, you go ahead and uh, bring me your results if you, if six point nine is that good. Uh, but with that said, that is our conclusion on the main show of the Nivia Noma. Uh, of course, we will be continuing and actually concluding this the the month as we discuss Malestrom. On the mini pod this Thursday. It's gonna, yep. All you need to do is just pledge two dollars to us, so you can see that review. And yeah, we got that going. Next week it is an extra week in the month. I mean, an extra Tuesday in the month. So we're actually gonna be not doing anything for the main show. We're gonna be doing another mini pod because we're gonna be doing Akira Kurosawa's Dodis Kaden as we finally wrap up that month too. And uh, now after that, we're we're actually gonna be all pretty much caught up except for 24 frames but you know aiden is busy as a motherfucker aiden's ghost and roll right now (laughs) yeah fucker (laughs) unless i hit him up and be like hey man you got a lens for sale oh yeah and he'll be like oh do i (laughs) (laughs) oh do i we love you aiden bro what's it called i'm just busting his chops yeah man's busy i get it yeah yeah he he gets a lot of work man yeah especially after covid times yeah yeah yeah, no, COVID didn't stop for him. Stop him. Um, didn't but, stop for me either. Yeah. Damn it. But it's fun. It's been fun, my friends. And next month we are going to do our our what's it called? Uh, our yearly pick a director we don't really know all that much about, and let's cover five of his movies. And of course, the director that we will be covering is none other than Yasujiro Ozu, who. I've never seen a single film by Ozu, but I don't believe I have either. Yeah, but I've always heard about Ozu. I've, I, I've, you know, 
There's Akira Kurosawa, and then the next name that you hear about in Japanese cinema is Ozu. And there's probably a reason for that. So, I'm ready to watch his movies. But next week on Tuesday, when we do our, what's it called? Next week on Tuesday, I know, tomorrow, we'll have our picks and we'll do our coin toss at the start of the show. And then from there, what's it called? We'll let you know what the schedule is going to look like. But I'm excited, Brett. Are you ready? Are you are you excited to, to what's it called, uh, explore his movies? For sure. Fuck yeah. I'm down. And all of them are mostly on Criterion Channel. So guess what? That's helpful. No, no rentals next month. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, I, I don't think I've... Hulu. Hulu has come through. This month, <laughs> like yes. Two, like two movies has come through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, Enemy no, wasn't on the service, right? I don't think so. I think you had to rent that one. I, I, yeah, I think I had to rent that one. But Prisoners, I think, was on Hulu. Prisoners and was then on Hulu. this one was on Hulu. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had the Blu-ray for Sicario, so I just watched my Blu-ray. But uh, Sicario somewhere. Actually, Sicario might have been Hulu. Actually, might have been Hulu. Hey, they all have access to his movies. Thank you. Yeah, Hulu, you're coming through. You're yeah, coming through. Helping me. As always, we want to thank everybody who was with us today on in chat. Aiden, Kylie, and uh, Stacy. thank you so much for being here. Uh, as always, we want to thank our our, our our patrons who make this show possible and our wonderful producers and our writers. Thank you so much for being part of this of our journey here. Our associate producer, Sarah, thank you for being an, an associate producer for since like pretty much day one of the podcast, day, day one of the Patreon. You've been helping us for a really long time now. So we really do thank you. Uh, sometimes I really do think if you remember that you have this subscription. You can't. But that's my cousin. I'm pretty sure she remembers. But we also want to thank our executive producer, Shane. I'm coming for that ass, man. I'm coming over to see you soon. That's right. Shane, where can you find him, Brad? You can follow our friend Shane at twitch.tv slash XSRK or on Twitter at XSRK underscore or go buy something from the Suppy God at thriftedil.com. Prison City Vintage. Go check it out if you're in Illinois. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, so it's John Wick 2, then Home Alone 4 for the holiday season? There's I no telling with Luis, bro. Not one bit, man. I There's don't no Luis. fucking telling. Like, like, pick a movie. Like, we'll probably do Fast and Furious 5 for some fucking reason. <laughs> well, I heard... Wait, no, not Fast 5. Five Fast 7 is the one that everybody loves, right? The one with... I wouldn't mind doing Tokyo Drift, because, like, that, that'd be some fun commentary. Yeah, well... um. <laughs> We'll see when that happens. Uh, we want to thank our writers, uh, Tony. Hey, Tony. At Real Nerdy Dad on Twitter. And, of course, the writer who is an actual writer, Luis. He writes for thenerdcore.com. Go and check out his reviews. Also, follow him on Luigi on IG on Instagram. Luis A. Garcia 001 on, on Twitter. And Lockster and Studios on everywhere you can find them. He on never social. chooses movies in the correct order. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm signing up for Venom Two, aka a six point nine movie. Maybe a maybe a four point two zero. Um, Kylie, if you literally give me twenty five dollars to watch Venom Two when it comes out on like you know, um, on VOD, you are mad. You are wild, and I respect your your what's it called dedication to that film. But just know, it ain't going to be the commentary you think it's going to be. <laughs> but, Brad, of course, it has been a fun time. 
And I hope you all had a wonderful time. We will see you all on tomorrow for our John Wick Chapter 2 review. And then after that, you're going to have to wait to see us on on a a Friday for live show. Yeah, but after the commentary, we'll, you'll see us on live show because Thursday we're on Patreon only. So with that said, it's been a fun time. Bradley, send them out. All right, Raul. Thank you for being the host as always. Thank you to all those who joined us in chat today, all our listeners, all our Patreon supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. And to end this episode, I'll just say, um, who else was in the fuck in this movie? It was just Amy Adams, right? Young Yoda out. Oh, <laughs>